We've heard a bit about how UFOs and spirituality intersect, but there are a few examples more notorious than the movement known as Heaven's Gate. In 1997, 39 members of the group committed suicide. They believe that once they killed themselves, a UFO trailing behind the Hale-Bopp comet would transport their souls to a very literal heaven in outer space. The incident made headlines around the world, and almost as quickly it became a late-night punchline. The members who sported matching tracksuits and sneakers had recorded messages explaining their beliefs that they would be starting new lives aboard an alien spacecraft. But when the movement began, their message had resonated strongly with other Americans. They would uh, go and put up posters. Uh, A poster would say, um, find out about UFOs, and they would hold these meetings. Big headline grabber, basically. (laughs) It is, yeah, giant, giant, you know, the big font. That's religious scholar Benjamin Zeller. He says that when the group first emerged in the 1970s, those posters worked. Heaven's Gate's message that UFOs would bring spiritual salvation attracted hundreds of members. At its peak, it's estimated that around 1,000 people were part of the movement. Zeller says that's not surprising in an era when Americans were experimenting with all sorts of spiritual practices, from yoga and healing crystals to new interpretations of Christianity and Buddhism. But over the next two decades, the group's message of alien salvation gradually changed, and so did the way their fellow Americans thought about the group and about UFOs. Heaven's Gate began in the 70s as a group trying to figure out the, the, the nature of, of the soul and the nature of the self, and as, it, as that related to what they call the next level, which is outer space and, and UFOs and space aliens. Uh, when it began, it was, it was two people, Marshall Herf Applewhite and Bonnie Lou Nettles, the two as they called themselves. And they went uh, traveling all through the West Coast, holding these meetings, trying to get people to convert. And they would talk and they would tell you they're from outer space ultimately. And they came from outer space to give us this message about how, how people can be saved, how people can, can live forever and can leave our planet and go into outer space. And they said, if you want to, uh, if you want to join them, then meet up at a campground in a couple of weeks. <laughs> They'd give you an address. Uh, then they'd go to the next town and do the same thing. And uh, lo and behold, they'd get a couple dozen, a couple hundred people to show so, up. So, Ben, there, there's a way that Americans are thinking about UFOs coming out of the 50s and into the 1960s. Just give me a sense of what the conversation is in the 1970s as the Heaven's Gate movement is emerging. What are Americans thinking or reading or believing about UFOs at that time? There are a couple of different strands in UFO thought or ufology in the 1970s. People forget that the government was still having you know, active, uh, active study of whether UFOs were a real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So this was this was not sort of pseudoscience. One of the the leading and emerging ones at the time is the idea of ancient astronauts of alien visitors who visited humanity thousands of years ago. And humans were unable to to understand the science or technology of it. So they recorded it using the only language that primitive humans had, which was religious language. This idea is best expressed in Eric von Donneken's Chariots of the Gods, a book that tries to document everything from the Incans of, of Peru to ancient people in China and India and the Middle East. Don't forget the pyramids, right? <laughs> and the pyramids. Right. Yeah, we're not going to And the pyramids right. of Egypt. At the time in the 70s, people took this really seriously. In the 1990s or, or 2000s or today, we look at this and we say it looks like Stargate. 
if our listeners haven't uh, haven't watched the Stargate movie, and there was a television series spinoff as well, it's about this idea that that the Egyptian gods are basically uh, a misunderstanding of ancient astronauts, and that the if you look at the pyramids, you can figure out the history of this. So Heaven's Gate has some connection to the Bible and, and a set of beliefs that are coming out of the Book of Revelations. And what would you say the beliefs are of the organization at its founding relative to holy texts? At its founding, the two founders believed that they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation, chapter 11. And if you don't happen to have your Bible in front of you, that's fine. I'll tell you what it says. Uh, Chapter 11 describes how these two witnesses are um, destined to to preach publicly, and then they're going to be assassinated on the street. And then they're going to become resurrected. They're going to rise from the grave or from the street, and they are going to uh, ascend to heaven. And members of Heaven's Gate believed that their founders were these two witnesses. Their bodies would, would rise from the dead, a UFO would, would come down and hover and pick them up with the tractor beam, and they called this the demonstration. It was the demonstration of two things. Uh, one, that extraterrestrials are real and they have the technology to do this, and two, that we can transcend the human body and the human life and the human earthly existence. Right. What's really important to understand them is they said they didn't believe in this classic image of heaven with clouds and angels with fluffy wings and harps and things like that. They thought that was all, you know, sort of nonsense, that that was all sort of this spiritual stuff. They believed heaven was real. If you had a powerful enough telescope, you could see it. Mm -hmm. Like an actual place. And these UFOs, therefore, weren't just vehicles here for some sort of mundane purpose. They were here for religious or spiritual purposes. They were here to bring knowledge or to fairy beings from our planet into outer space, into heaven. They were the gate to heaven, hence the name Heaven's Gate. Mm. There's a whole range of observed phenomenon that people are trying to explain with the frameworks of their moment, whether it be religious, whether they think about it in terms of science, how do they reconcile a set of religious beliefs with, you know, the way in which people are told and taught that you can only believe in what you can see, touch, and measure. Like, this actually seems as though it's trying to reconcile these two competing strains. You know, when when I look at Heaven's Gate, I see people who really wanted to be empiricists, but yeah. also really wanted to believe in the soul. And how do you, how do you deal with that, right? And that was their, that was exactly their problem. They wanted to get to outer space. At first, they thought we're going to physically get on board a spaceship, and we're going to fly there. The spaceship is going to hover mid atmosphere and pick us up in tractor beams, and we are going to physically go to the next level, and our bodies are going to physically transform. They use the words biologically and chemically. Hmm. Our bodies are going to biologically and chemically transform into these perfected next-level creatures. That's what they said initially. What happens is that in June 1985, Bonnie Lou Nettles, the co-founder of the group, dies. And when she dies, uh, no UFO comes to pick her up. Hmm. And there's no physical proof that anything happens to her. I mean, her body is right there. They have to have it cremated. So they come to the conclusion that her spirit, her soul, her consciousness has uploaded back Uh to her next level body. They still claimed it was scientific, even though ideas about soul transfer and consciousness upload don't sound that scientific. For them, they were. They wanted to keep that idea. It was really important for them that their beliefs were scientific, rational, modern. And you mentioned that at the founding of the Heaven's Gate movement, it had some possibly up to upwards of a thousand members. But those numbers were not sustained by the time you get to the 1990s. What happened? 
they were really a group which which emerged out of the 1970s. And by the 80s and 90s, they have a real hard time trying to, to do outreach. They feel as if they're just, just not reaching people anymore. And that's part of the end. That's one of the reasons that the group ultimately decided to end on its own terms, is they thought that they had harvested as many souls as they could. That there was almost no one left out there who really was listening to them and was willing to take this step and to try to overcome their humanity. And that's because people in the 90s thought that humanity was pretty good. As you said, <laughs> the economy was going well, right. um, the country was at peace. You know, it's, it's a different sort of time. And and, and by the 1990s, uh, UFOs and space aliens were part of late night television. They were part of a, the running joke. Uh, there were the, you know, the alien autopsy videos. They were part of the X-Files. It had moved from the heart of culture to a subculture into popular culture. And, and that's part of the problem for them. What drove members of the group to commit suicide in 1997? So at the end of the group in 1997, so first of all, that they had become completely frustrated with trying to reach out and, and gain converts or even or even even gain a fair hearing. They, they became a, a joke. Mm. They also at the same time became increasingly interested in conspiracy theories. In, in the 1990s, they latched onto conspiracy theories because members of Heaven's Gate believed that UFOs were real. And they believed there was a government conspiracy to, to, to hide the existence of UFOs. And they became deeply invested in this idea that behind Hellbop Comet, there was a trailing UFO mm -hmm. and NASA was covering it up. They believed it. Wow. When it got to the point when members of Heaven's Gate were ready to commit suicide, what was the theological or scientific explanation for that? Uh, members of Heaven's Gate, uh, like people of many religions, believe that the body ultimately was less important than the soul, right. or the spirit, the mind. They believed that by killing their human vehicles— uh, they were freeing their souls to evolve and to gain extraterrestrial vehicles, which were frankly superior in their minds. They thought that extraterrestrial vehicles didn't age, they didn't die, they didn't need to eat. This was perfection for them. They were becoming extraterrestrial angels. If you really believe that, it makes sense to them. I'm not saying I want to do it. I'm not saying anyone should do it. I'm just saying it made sense to them. Right. What about the Heaven's Gate movement and about the larger history of UFOs? Um, what, do, what do we learn about the limits of rationality and things beyond what we can explain from this moment in history? Heaven's Gate was in some ways speaking only to its moment, but in, the other, in some other ways it's, it's speaking to a, a long-standing wish that human beings have had to, to make meaning and to look to the stars for meaning. We see this in culture. We've seen it for thousands of years. Heaven's Gate is just one more example of that. Benjamin Zeller is a professor of religion at Lake Forest College and author of Heaven's Gate, America's UFO Religion. 